Kessler here from Grunthal. Paul Kingsley with the 30-second board to five. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallup. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fox Racing Canada, Phoenix Handlebars, Guts Racing, Throttle Timepieces, Get Shit Done Coffee, Reverend Motors, 204 Skate Shop, and Throttle Syndicate make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. Really appreciate you guys for taking the time to listen to a great episode here with Devin Harriman. Been wanting to have him on for a number of months now. Uh, he's had some great results and uh, just a lot of improved racing recently. And he's getting a ton of attention for his gear and his helmet paint uh, paint job that he's rocking right now, uh, as well as if you're playing Pulpamex Fantasy. Um, the guy's been paying off, and, and, and he's doing really, really good. Um, he's, he's a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Uh, I hope you guys are also enjoying Big MX Radio Trivia, uh, trivia contest that we do every single day. Every time you answer correctly, you're entered to win our monthly prizes. We're working hard to make that weekly prizes, uh, but uh, monthly is all we can muster for right now. So uh, go on there, uh, try your luck with the trivia questions, and uh, hopefully you get some right, and uh, that'll enter you to win uh, some prizes. If you're also interested in uh, in winning some stuff, we also are running a raffle uh, in order to raise money to be able to put on some schools and, uh, and, and put some stuff together for some grassroots racing efforts. I would appreciate anybody who's listening and is, is needing a brand new bike in their garage to uh, go ahead and go to BigMXRadio.com. The top post is pinned there, uh, and that's our raffle for the 2022 YZ252 stroke, uh, in addition to 12 additional prizes, which includes uh, a Reverend Motors uh, gift pack with oil and apparel. Uh, we've got a Get Shit Done Coffee gift pack. Uh, 204 Skate Shop is kicked in. Um, we're doing a full graphic kit for the bike that gets one as well as a graphic kit being uh, put up for uh, to be won uh, completely separate from the bike um, as a separate prize from Throttle Syndicate. Uh, if you want to get your uh, the 252 stroke dressed up like the Team uh, Solitaire guys, that would be super cool, and uh, we would love to be able to hook you guys up with that. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, so check that out. Uh, Phoenix Handlebars has some prizes in there. Guts Racing has some prizes uh, attached to that. Um, Speaking of the Team Solitaire guys, they've uh, they've put up two jerseys uh, up for um, to be as prizes as well as, uh, as secondary prizes. So uh, both uh, Ryan Surratt and Robbie Wageman jerseys are available. Uh, heck, if I, I guarantee, if I email, if I text them right now, I probably get a Devin Harriman jersey. Uh, the 216 could probably uh, hook, hook you guys up. So um, go go to BigMXRadio.com. Uh, you can get one ticket for $20. You can get three tickets for $50. Uh, if you want to increase your chances of winning as many prizes as possible, uh, go ahead and uh, get 10 tickets for $120. Um, 
The money's going to go towards hosting schools. Uh, so uh, jump on that. And I hope everybody who, who does uh, has all the best of luck. Um, enjoy this podcast with Devin Harriman. This is a great conversation and a great friend of mine and uh, a great racer. So um, thanks for everybody who takes the time to listen. Enjoy. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Reverend Motors, as well as Guts seats co- Seat Covers, as well as Phoenix Handlebars. Phoenix Handlebars featuring uh, some of the easiest way for you to get your bike set up with a brand new set of handlebars. They've got grips as well, grip donuts, everything you need for the controls of your motorcycle. Go to phoenixhandlebars.com, go get fitted up, and uh, they've got some really cool bar pads as well you guys should check out. Fox Racing USA as well as Fox Racing Canada also on board with us for this podcast. We've got a great sale going on right now at foxracing.ca. You guys need to go check that out. You know you got the coolest looking gear in the pits is always from Fox Racing. Uh, and it has been for the last 35, 40 years minimum. Uh, so you guys want to go check that out. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, he just recently got off the course, getting in a quick uh, 18 holes, said it was the worst golf game of his life, which uh, is pretty much on par uh, with with how most golf situations go. As far as I'm concerned, I'm never quite uh, much of a, a decent golfer, uh, but he, he might be. We're going to find a little, a little bit more about him. Uh, he also had one hell of a ride this weekend, having gone down twice in the LCQ, but still making it into the main, the 216 in your program, likely number one in your hearts after that LCQ effort. Devin Harriman. Devin, how's it going? Going good. Going good. Just uh, driving, like you said, playing around a golf. Uh, not a very good one, so <laughs> not in the best mood, but you know, how can you complain playing golf in 80-degree weather on, on a Monday? So, Absolutely. It's a fickle there. game, to say the least. Um, you yourself, uh, you've been playing for a lot of years, I'd imagine. Um, like, uh, like how did how'd you get, how'd you eventually get out onto the links and start playing, uh, some, playing some golf in addition to uh, going pretty fast on two wheels? Uh, honestly, I haven't been golfing for very long. Uh, I think okay. maybe a year. Year, yeah, about a year and a half. Uh, just, I don't even know. I think a buddy and I, like uh, my buddy Douglas Hall, we were just constantly shooting pool at a bar. I mean, I don't drink or smoke or anything, so we just go to the bar and shoot pool. Okay. And then I was like, screw it, let's just go play par three at some little course at home and rented clubs and everything, I think. And then uh, we just started doing that a little bit. And then I uh, trained kids at home as well, so. Um, one of the kids that I train, his dad works at a golf course at home. Um, and he goes, yo, I'll sell you a set of used demo clubs that we got that aren't very used because COVID hit. And so they're only used for about two months. I thought, okay, perfect. So he sold me those for dirt cheap. And uh, just kind of been doing that. For, it was like all started out like a once a week thing. And then now it's like literally three times a week, four times a week. So that's like almost all I do. Uh, but no, it hasn't been that long. Um, yeah, I guess you could just say COVID really is the reason golf. COVID has brought in all kinds of crazy things, including your golf game. That's interesting to find out. So let's, let's dig a little bit deeper into, uh, the little bit more of the history of Devin Harriman. You've been racing this year in, in Monster Energy Supercross. 250 West class, but that's not where the story begins. Let's dial the clocks all the way back to where your story in motocross starts. How did you get your start in motocross? 
Like, what was the landscape like, and who were you racing against? And eventually, getting up to the level where you you wanted to go pro. You wanted to take your your skills into the stadiums and outdoor nationals as well. Tell me your story within the sport of motocross. Uh, so, I don't remember the year. I want to say maybe 99 was the first year. Uh, but I think it was an arena cross in, like, Monroe, Louisiana or something. Uh, my mom got tickets for an arena cross. Maybe it wasn't Monroe. I'm not exactly sure. That's kind of where I was, like, lived for a little bit when I was younger. Uh, but I got arena, she got arena cross tickets to a race, and we went, and I'd never raced a dirt bike, or my mom and dad never were involved in motocross, so we went there, and I kind of got hooked. We moved up to Washington, and my dad got a dirt bike, uh, and we went out to a guy's house that one of my dad's friends introduced us to, which, as some of you guys may know, is Jim Anderson. Uh, he lived pretty close to me, so we went up to his track, and he let me ride there, and he says, I was wasting my time on my XR50 and that my parents were dumb for buying me one <laughs> uh, because I was unnatural, I guess. Uh, he said that you need to get that kid a race bike. So that's kind of where it all started. Um, and then we just, you know, did the whole amateur thing and kind of did what everybody else has done, you know, just race for fun during the weekends and sometimes ride during the week. Um, and then it wasn't until probably 08, 07, until I realized, like, I could maybe, you know, go pro. Obviously, that's, like, a dream of every little kid is to go pro. Um, but it wasn't until then is when I uh, really, like, kind of opened my eyes. I went back to Loretta's in 05, 06, and 07, and then um, didn't have the best of luck there. I think my best finish was, like, a 10th or something. Uh, and then I broke my collarbone in 08. Um, then ended up going back and then I was trying to set sidelines for a while. Uh, took a lot of time off. I rode, you know, once or twice a month all the way through high school. And then my dad kind of stepped out of the program, uh, through high school. He said, I'm not going to put more effort into the sport than you put off the bike. He says, I'm not going to waste my money if you're not willing to put any effort into it. And so all I did was ride a dirt bike. I didn't work out or anything like that. And I could respect that. So I just like, okay, whatever. So, I mean, like I said, I was in high school. I was wanting to hang out with some friends and go ride bicycles and do that kind of stuff. So that's what I did. And then uh, I worked a normal job for a couple of years. And then in 2015, uh, I took up took Preston basically up to uh, Washougal and just to ride one day. And then Tommy Weeks hit me up. Uh, we pulled in to talk to Tommy. And he says, I'm trying to find a buddy to go to Europe with me to go uh, go with me uh, so I can go racing. I said, well, I'll go, but I'm not going for free. Or I said, I'm not going just to hang out. Um, I said, I'm not going just to hang out. He says, oh, okay, well, that's fine. He says, you got your passport? I said, yeah. Long story short, he ends up getting me a bike, and I end up going over there and racing a Dutch Supercross for the first time, never racing Supercross here, never doing any really arena cross, like, professionally here. So we ended up doing that. And then 16, I went back there, uh, got hurt, blew my knee out, was off almost all of 2017. I was out, I had two surgeries in, in 17. Uh 
went back to a normal job and worked for Aaron Mahone with CFE Construction uh, doing concrete. And that was absolutely terrible. And I realized life sucks doing that. And I got <laughs> the whole nine to five. That was, the whole nine to five thing just was not for me. Um, so I'm obviously pretty good buddies with Stanky. Um, and I called him and he says, yo, you want to do rain cross? I said, uh, sure. At this time I had rode twice in the last year and both times I'd knocked myself out just on stupid little things. I actually came up into Canada and raced some rain crossing and smoked a rear wheel and ended up crashing because of that. And then another one was an oil plug, kind of my fault, fell out and knocked myself out on that. So, uh, went into, he says, you want to do a rain cross? I said, yeah, sure. How much? He gave me a number. I said, yeah, I couldn't do four rounds of East coast or West coast rain cross solo with the number that he gave me. So, um, he said two grand to do the whole series for a rain cross. I said, count me in. So I did that Went into Dayton, Ohio, I ran across an 18 with uh, four hours on the bike and a, a year and a half almost. And, uh, did the whole 18 with him. I think I missed the, I missed, I think like four or five night shows that, that year. That was a rough year. Uh, and then finished that out strong. And then, uh, I'm just like the goal as a little kid was to race supercross. Um, and 19, I decided to do that. Uh, kind of did all of it on my own, really. Just traveled 18 with Stank for the first time. I've never really traveled with anybody or done anything like that since, oh gosh, I'd probably say 07 or 08 since last time I went to Loretta's. I haven't done any traveling. So to do it all on my own with somebody, with a friend, like just a wild learning experience, which was a blast for me. And it was cool to have somebody like Stanky to uh, travel with that's done it for a long time. So, um, and then 18, 19 came and Supercross is up, or Ringcross is up, and Supercross is now the only thing that to do. So I decided to do that. Um, and I think I did a Racer X podcast, like after the second round or something like that. And uh, I went into A1 not even expecting to make a night show and ended up getting a fifth in the LCQ and qualifying 21st, I think it was, on my first Supercross. And I was just kind of mind blown. And then I ended up making the second main, my second main event, or my first main event on the second round. So, um, and then ever since that, it's just been a blast. Uh, not much of an outdoor guy. So that's why you don't see me do very well outdoors. But that's kind of the, the background behind it. Like I said, I took quite a bit of time off from 08 to 2013, 14. Well, there you go, man. Like, uh, just going wide open in Supercross. We've seen you on the East Coast. Uh, have we seen you on the East Coast, or have we only seen you on the West? Yeah, no, so I did I did East Coast last year. I did the East Coast stuff. Everything's kind of obviously on the East Coast. Um, but yes, I did ride East Coast last year for uh, doing the Supercross. Um, and then ended up getting hurt. I broke my uh, radius in my right hand, or arm, and then I caught the four and five right after Dallas. So I think I think it's a finished East Coast series out, but we did do some East Coast. And you, uh, going back to uh, 2020, you were dealing with a separated shoulder. It was pretty bad, uh, but you were still able to put in some strong rides towards the end of the season. Um, 
Tell me a little bit about being a privateer and, and dealing with these nagging injuries week to week. Like, uh, how, how like how much does it affect your ability to ride during the week? How much does it sort of like just hinder your ability to sort of li- literally take care of yourself uh, between races and stuff like that? How does that all factor in? Because a lot of the factory guys, they got a lot of things at their beck and call. They don't have to worry about a whole heck of a lot aside from showing up and going really fast on Saturdays. Yeah, 20, I ended up tearing my AC uh, in my right shoulder to grade three on a Thursday right before St. Louis. Um, we were on all sorts of things like Tordal, two shots of Tordal, two shots of uh, Voltaron, and BSD, uh, stuff that like you rub on horses for pain, icy hot, and all sorts of stuff and taped up my shoulder. So that was a, that was a rough go, uh, a really rough go. Um, 20 wasn't too terrible for injuries, but this year, or not this year, let's say last year, I guess you could say, was really rough. Uh, after, let's see, I got 13th in Indy on a Tuesday, and then Saturday, I ended up going, I did something stupid in rhythm, ended up uh, chipping a piece of bone off my left wrist and fracturing a collarbone and then uh, tearing two ligaments in my left thumb. Uh, and then, like, the next weekend was Orlando. So I went and got all everything checked out, and, uh, like, I was like, okay, well, the doctor said, you know, it's not going to make it any worse, so you can try to ride. So just having to, you know, being a privateer and having to make that decision on whether I should drive all the way from Raynard's, which is, is like, a 24-hour drive to Orlando, just to see if I could ride was tough, you know, um, riding hurts, not enjoyable at all. And then when you don't do good, it's even like harder on yourself. It's just mentally knowing you, sh- you should be where you're, you know, there should be, uh, ahead of where you're finishing, but you're not able to, cause you're hurt. So it's like, okay, is it even worth it at this point versus where, you know, not only like, like I said, the injuries suck, but like you said about the, pros all they had to do is well, not pros but like the guys that are in semis they just have to fly in fly out type deal and everything's paid for where i'm paying my gas bill i'm paying my answer fees so i gotta i gotta eat that if i don't make money that night so it's a lot to try to to juggle when you're a privateer that's for sure so um yeah riding injured's no good no it just makes it even harder because like i said everything's on my dime you know, it's, and then it all falls back onto me. And when I don't make money, then it's like, why did I even go? Like I was stupid for going type deal, you know? Yeah, for sure. It, it, I'm sure it, it turns out you, you guys end up being really hard on yourselves uh, more often than not. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that might be curious, like how does a privateer sort of fund everything through sponsorships and contingency? Like how, how does it add up week to week? How do you get paid? Um, and and how often is it that you broker a deal with a company that uh, doesn't end up coming through with the funds? Uh, so I'm not like, I don't have a whole lot of funding. A lot of it's just, myself i pay for i'd say probably 75 percent of it um cfp helps me out with the other 25 percent. he helps me out with bills and or not bills uh fuel so i mean he's, he probably helps me with more than 75 percent of it honestly he probably he's probably like 
you know, 45% of it, um, on the other, other half, uh, with fuel and everything like that. I'm just, I'm not very good at reaching out and I also haven't had the best results to kind of get money from sponsors or anything like that. So, um, the sponsors that I do have are all like lifelong sponsors that I've had for a long time and, or they're all from up North in Washington. Um, I just feel bad for asking for money. That's just uh, kind of how I was raised. So it's not something that I, I do very often. Um, just like I said, everything that I, that I, I do is paid for out of my time. Um, it is, I think we get paid every Tuesday now. And then contingencies, I don't know how that works. or I do know how that works. I just don't know how often we get paid. But I think my 13th that I just got this weekend and then last year, I'll make $990 after paying $225 to go racing. So there's not a whole lot of money made. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is nobody realizes that we don't make money. Like by, at the end of the day, when everything's done, done and said, is am I really making money once I get paid $990, you know? Yeah, no, totally. Like, I honestly, I've always thought of it as more like not as much making money as sort of like turning dollars over. Like you spend 900 to make 900. So a week goes around and you're no further ahead than you were the Monday prior to that. But like you got through the week and all that, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a harsh uh, existence. And, and I'm sure there's, uh, um, there's gotta be a way to get you some paying sponsors in the, in the, the coming years, my friend, especially if you want to continue, uh, making mains like you did this weekend. Um, like take us through the difference between a weekend where you did make the main this weekend, a couple of crashes in the LCQ for your troubles, but, um, a, ma- a night, you, a night make the, you make the main versus, uh, a night where, uh, you end up, uh, going down the LCQ and not making it. Uh, what do you mean? I, what's the difference? Yeah. Like, as far as like, that. like, uh, just down on yourself. How, how does that impact you financially? Like, I, I know it's not a huge amount of money difference going like make getting say 20, 20th in the main event or 16th in the main event versus, uh, somewhere in the LCQ. I'm, I'm sure the, the payday is not crazy different, but like, um, like, how does that affect you during the week? Uh, money-wise, it doesn't affect me because, I mean, like I said, I don't make much. Uh, it's like it's about – I think it's $10 for each position better than like 21st is like eight eight twenty. I think it is. Or 22nd is 820 830 840 850 I think I think it's $10 a person to make. Yeah, so it's like it, – it's honestly not even worth it. Um, and then it's $700 to make a night show. So what do you make? You make a hundred and I want to, I, I don't know exactly right off the top of my head what 20 seconds plays pays, but it's really, it's no more than $150 more to make the main than it is just to make night show. And in and, and the little bike class, uh, 22nd pays the same as fifth place. So when you see dudes pull off in the LCQ or just kind of give up, um, that's why it's because. I mean, for me, I, I ain't going to go risk my life any more than I have to because mm-hmm. I don't I already don't get paid enough, you know. Um, and I think, like you said earlier, like, we don't – I don't make money at all. 
you know so it's like stuff like that and so during the week it's the money's not the issue it's just you got to take what you uh what you struggled with on the weekend and like why you didn't make the main and focus on that more you know than than doing long motos because a lot of people do like think oh i gotta do 20s or i gotta do 15s no you gotta make the main in order to have to do those you know what i mean so go work on your sprints go do that stuff um so that's what i've been doing all through the year or not year but all through the uh the weeks during the season it's just been doing sprints um like i said i work with robbie rayner so i just shoot him a text say yo what do i do he lays some things out for me and i just go to the go to the track and do that once you know each each uh each time i ride um with me crashing as often as i have been lately uh i've been pretty banged up so i've only been riding once a week um but seems to be you know somewhat working uh not the results i'd like i'd like to do better and i'd like to also stay out of the lcq but not everything's in my control so um yeah and then like you said about the uh sponsorship things no i won't say that we'll say that but anyways keep going we can cut that in <laughs> later fair enough man uh well like let's talk about a few a couple different things like the 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 whoops this weekend those were gnarly they got the better of you two different times in the lcq you you must have been able to yeah you you must have been able to uh sort of uh get get things under control for the main event um just just talk to us a little bit about uh the the craziness that was that lcq and then uh uh, what your mindset was like heading into the main event after uh, like surviving that LCQ? Uh, the LCQ was rough, real rough. I uh, I didn't, I obviously didn't, I didn't uh, didn't plan on crashing twice in the LCQ, but I also, I don't know, it was a rough one that's for sure. I crashed in practice as well, actually in the whoops, um, just stupid move. Whoops are one of those things that I, I actually am. I'd like to think that I'm fairly good in the whoops. Some of you guys might have saw the the video I've made, or not video, but the uh, passes I made in San Diego in the whoops and the LCQs and stuff like that. Um, so whoops are usually my strong point. I just struggle this weekend. I think a confidence thing, that's the biggest part. Um, you know, this weekend was tough on me just because I, the LCQ, the, the first crash, I just got too far left, too close to the tough blocks. And dropped into that the v and bounced once i dropped into that v it bounced me back over into the tough blocks and that's how i ended up in those and in the second crash in the uh, lcq i um came in in fourth gear was too low of a gear and just started bouncing me i didn't come in fast enough so uh both times i crashed i was a little upset <laughs> and i would imagine I've, I've never been one to quit yeah I've, I've never been one to quit you know um so I'm going to keep going until the checkered flag, flag falls. And as soon as it falls, then, you know, take the punches as they come. So uh, when I saw only one person pass me when I got passed the second time, or when I crashed the second time, I was like, I saw red almost. And I just got back on the track and bars were all tweaked. And I was like, okay, here we go. And it was that rhythm right after the whoops, obviously. And the bars are all tweaked. And that guy, I just, like, he had just gone around the corner. So I went inside and, went two, three, and everything's all twisted up still. I'm like, oh, my God, this is squirrely, but here we go. So that was tough. And then to make it was a, a huge relief. But at the same time, I was, like, over it. 
you know, <laughs> after hitting the ground three, after hitting the ground four times, uh, I was ready to be done. I did not want to go to the main event. I was, and to be dead honest, I was done after first practice, after first time qualifying. I crashed, like I said, um, and I was ready to go home. I was ready to pack up the van. I had already tore stuff down at, afterwards. Um, I was going to race the heat race and be done because I was just mentally done. I wasn't having fun. So to make the main after doing all that was, uh, for me, just a huge thing mentally, you know, cause I, that was a lot for me to overcome because I obviously I had so much, uh, so much negative thoughts going on in my head and I was just over it. So Need it reset. just felt good to get it done with me. Yeah. I was, I just need to reset. Exactly. Um, and then the, the whole heat race situation. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> What a ride, man. Um, that, that's, that's crazy. And it, it, it's, it's been, uh, um, like it's, it's incredible to see you can take continuing to battle, like make, you get up twice during the LCQ. You don't want to race the main event. You still race the damn thing anyway. Uh, and then you go to try and unwind with a nice game of golf and you end up playing terribly on top of that. Um, like, yeah. Like, it's a lose-lose. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You, you you need to maybe like uh, go hang out in a sauna, maybe a hot tub, uh, or at least five weeks okay, off. Um, any chance that we see you on a like race the 250 on the four uh, at uh, like in the 450 class somewhere on the East Coast, some 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 way along the line? Uh, is that something you'd be interested in? Would you be so down on power that it's not worth it? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And um, and all the crashing that you've been doing, that must be hard on bikes, dude. Like, I'm thinking subframes. I'm thinking plastics, seats. Like, that's got, like, what wear and tear on the bike's got to be pretty tough. Yeah, absolutely. The crashing's um, been a bit excessive this last couple of rounds. Um, not all of it's been my fault. I just, uh, I think I've been cleaned out about four times, maybe five times. Do you have list a list of people that of you people. that owe, that you owe one to? Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the best idea because I'd love to just cut their head off, honestly. Mm, um, and right. it'll, it'll probably happen. I'll the time will come and I'll just clean them out and they'll wonder why and I'll just say get better. I don't know, like <laughs> I just I and I don't know, like I said, like uh, a lot. I think a lot of it could just be because I am better in the whoops than most people. Um, I'm not going to say most, I shouldn't say most people. I'm better than a lot of the privateers in the whoops. Um, and they just want to get squirrely. I mean, obviously I don't have a whole lot of room to talk because I got squirrely a couple times in the LCQ, as you guys all saw, but, uh, in the main, in the heat race, I didn't get squirrely at all through them. I just was straight through them every time. Um, and they just get squirrely and they just come over on me and there's nothing you can do. You know, when you're in a set of whoops, you, there's, you're wide open or you hit the brakes and risk crashing, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Who did you run into the so back quick, of? So. Uh, Colby Cop. Oh, everybody's Nova favorite. Yeah, that dude needs to. Okay, um, it, if it's not you, it's Slosser or Jerry. Like, he slapped Jerry. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the dude just needs to, like, get his shit together. Like, mm. bro, what are you doing? He's like, he's like a worse version of Vince Freeze. That is worse. That like, would be quite I'm frightening. 
I'm like a, I'm actually a huge fan of Freeze. Like that dude's one of the nicest dudes in the pits. Huge fan of that dude. I talk to him every weekend, and I like Craig. You know that whole that obviously a whole whole different topic. Um, yeah. But no, I like that dude. I like both of those dudes. And so for me to say like he's the worst version of Vince Freeze is like kind of a like a I don't know it's like a huge insult, but it's not an insult because I like I, I don't want I don't want him to I don't want Freeze to think I'm an insult to him because I'm not like I like that dude. But no, that dude is just cop is just an idiot. He like does not use his brain, you know, at all. And I, I don't know. I'm just gonna make it a point to just take him out every time I go around him. There you go. It's gonna be uh, bare knuckle boxing uh, in the no, friendly contest. It'll be uh, full contact motocross. Then uh, it'll be a little, almost like a little bit of an arena cross feel uh, when, uh, when when it's the heat races in LCQs. Hopefully, you you won't even have to go on any more LCQs. You guys have three or four more rounds uh, in the series. Four more rounds. Uh, what do we got? We got Seattle, Colorado, East West Shootout, and the final round. So four, um, so four. But yeah, oh, uh, and then the, yeah. And then to answer your question about the 450 stuff, uh, mm-hmm. I had um, one team ask me if I wanted to do the 450 stuff. Um, I'm not that great of a 450 rider, and okay. I told them that, and I don't like. I have no issue, no problem admitting it. Um, I mean, I'm a big guy on a little bike, obviously, um, but I don't. I haven't owned a 450 in probably two years, three years. I just don't enjoy them. They're not fun. They're not. They're way too fast. They're way too much bike, and 450 is on Supercross with a death trap. Um, I would love to to ride a 250 on the East Coast or 350 even at that point. Um, I did that last year. I struggled extremely bad, but uh, I would be up for it maybe. Uh, probably not for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I need a couple of weeks off. I gotta chill. Like I said, I crashed way too much lately. Um, so yeah. It's not something I would be opposed to, but fair enough. Then, so what does the, the 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 time off look like for you? Obviously, uh, ordering of some parts, possibly a subframe or two, uh, along the way, um, and, and some some much needed R and R. What do you work on during the week? You'd mentioned that the that uh, Robbie Raynard sends you some sprint stuff and and what and whatnot. But is there any like specific drills or skills that you continue to try to sharpen um, over and above just the ability to uh, sprint hard and uh, uh, and get into the main event so that you can, uh, yeah, move yourself a little bit closer. Uh, I mean, like, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but I don't do anything. Um, okay. Anything other off of bike wise, I don't do much. There's times where I maybe go for a little run or hop on a, like a stationary for about 30 minutes. But other than that, I just kind of hang out, relax, um, play golf. I do. Uh, I own a um, Easy Up company, custom made Easy Up company. And I also train kids when I'm home, so I'll head home next uh, probably Wednesday and go home. And there's a race up there that I'll race, just a, a weekend race, like start of a series, outdoor things. Just a little. Out, I do a lot of uh, local stuff at home. Okay. Because um, I just I, I simply enjoy racing a dirt bike. You know, I don't, I don't race supercross for money. I can tell you that. Cause I obviously, like I said, I don't make no money. I spend more money. I race it for, for fun. Um, so I go home and race dirt bikes and then train kids. But, uh, I also own a easy of company that I work. 
I mean, but I've, I've done work the whole time, all season. I've been working, um, but it's not a whole lot, you know. So tell so, me a little bit about that. How do you start nice with stuff. the Easy Up company? Uh, like, obviously, like, is it uh, like is it is it Easy Up brand? Like, Easy like the the actual brand Easy Up, or like, do you you make the, no. like you manufacture the ca- the canopies? How does that work? Yeah, so everything's uh, I have everything made in China. Um, everything like I do all it's all one off stuff. Okay. Um, like the tops, flags, table covers, canopies, everything. Um, it's just a heavy duty hex aluminum 40 mil, um, frames, which is like, I almost all companies are using now. Um, but yeah, no, I got into that last year. I was looking for an easy up. I hit up, uh, legacy racewear, the gear to see if they wanted to help pay for half of it to run their logo big, you know, because that's a huge advertisement slot. So, yo, if you pay for half this, I'll have have you guys be like the main logo and he said okay perfect um and then he hits me back a couple days later he says hey i found one uh i said my my manufacturer for gear will do it for us i said okay perfect so we saw that and then we just kind of said you know what let's just do this see what we can do so that's kind of how that all started it all started out you know for fun and they're like well let's make this legit so cool it's uh it's been yeah it's been doing pretty good so Supercross cool. and racer not... slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I got, yeah, exactly. So it's cool because I can I can race a dirt bike and I can also sell easy ups, right? Like, um, I mean, I did Stanky's easy up, Justin Starling's easy up, um, a couple of other easy ups around the pits that I've done. So it's you know I'm obviously I'm 27 I'll be 27 years old next month March 6th. Uh, so I'm like on my way out type deal but i'm also trying to start something else and also create more um more connections with other people like uh max and fly um motorsport.com just all the companies that, I, that has helped me out over the years i'm trying to see if i can get with them and and also help them save some money on easy ups and also make money and keep that connection with everybody else so it's fun and then yeah. That's also like kind of so like I said about the sponsorship the thing before, it's been fun this year because I've been able to reach out to sponsors, you know like Deval Engineering. Um, I sell them a half wall for three hundred dollars, and I run that half wall at the race, and then after the, that one race is over, I give them that half wall, so it's their product after the the race. You know what I mean? So where most guys um do like hey you know can i have 500 dollars and i'll run your sticker on my helmet well you know just as well as i do nobody sees that sticker you can't see that sticker very clearly no but your paint helmet, job on the other helmet. hand yeah <laughs> that paint job the paint job's dope but i mean not everybody you know that's something that not everybody sees and i don't think the tv would be too cool with showing tits on my helmet no, that is I mean? true. Yeah, the only person who ever probably sold anything off of his helmet uh, stickers was probably RC back in the day, uh, or somewhere along Reed, those lines. Read when he did the uh, censored thing. That's right. Yeah, the censored thing, the, or when he was uh, yeah. unbound energy drink back in the day, or many of the yeah. uh, asterisk stickers. It was always like back in the day you had to have asterisk stickers on your helmet, and no, no idea why. Like, hmm. yeah, see, no, 
So that's, that's, that's one of the things that I was like, you know what? I own this company and I'm going to try to not only make money for myself, but I'm also going to try to help out other companies as well. So it's more of like a win-win for everybody because there's like about 30 to, 30 to 40,000 spectators that walk through the pits. Right. So of course, I mean, it, it's a win-win. And what's funny is I've made more money off of girls only fans. A girl will pay me to run her only fans on a banner and then I advertise her only fans and she makes money and I make money. So it's great. I made more money doing that than I have from sponsors or companies wanting to hop on board. There you go. Is in the end, it's, it is really just about only fans and, um, and finding the, the way to market. And then that's, that's incredible. I, 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 I love that you have found a way to, uh, to make money doing that. That is, uh, that is hilarious. Yeah, so that that's life. <laughs> I don't know. I just everybody. Do you just do you get to, a, uh, a free subscription Titan. yourself, or is it is something you still have to pay for? <laughs> that's the number one question. <laughs> uh, a lot of times, like, I mean, let's be honest here. Like, yeah, but yeah, I don't. The, have, the I don't answer have is yes. Fans, okay. Yeah. So I just yeah. Get, yeah, I don't. I don't have an OnlyFans, but I just get the content that's sent. So it's just it's like a win-win type deal, you know. For sure, absolutely. You're, you're not only you saving money, but you're making money off of OnlyFans accounts. You might be the only man in the world making money off of OnlyFans. Yeah, I mean, name one other racer out there that's getting paid by girls to go racing. That's true. That is like, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I look at it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And like, uh, <laughs> are you? You're a single guy. Yeah. So what's the like? And so how, how do you get in contact with these women to be for the to begin with? And then like, what's the the life on the road like for a uh, a single professional Supercross slash Motocross racer uh, who's a long way from home and uh, upwardly mobile with his own vehicle and all that stuff like that? Like, what is it, are you just like as soon as you roll into Phoenix, you just like make the 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 search is as small as possible and just start swiping or what? Uh, I don't know. Yes and no. Um, so like the, the me being single is kind of like still somewhat fresh. Um, mm. not, not too fresh. I guess it's been like four months, I think maybe five months almost. Uh, I've been in a relationship for like seven years off and on with a couple of different ladies. Um, the, my ex-girlfriend was a great girlfriend. Like she was probably one of the best ones I've ever had. Uh, and I've just, it was a lot of headache to, and she wasn't a headache. It was just the fact of, you know, like trying to go racing and trying to have somebody else there to please, to make sure they're always happy. Um, you know, and that's just something that I wasn't really wanting to do anymore. Um, so that's a, a lot of the reasons I broke up with her. Uh, so like I said earlier, this is like, I got a couple more years left of this. Um, and I want to make sure this is, that I put everything that I have into this. So the female things like that's like a, a last last thing that's like goes through my mind. Um, I mean, dude, I went, I had a dry spell like two and a half months almost before Supercross started, where I didn't have hang out with a girl or anything like that. Um, like I said, I just was focused on racing um, and getting better, and I think that kind of showed making a one straight out of the heat. Uh, you know, so the girls thing is not. 
I mean, it's, so that, that, it's that what you're trying to sell me right now is that you ha you've been chasing girls since, and that's why you've been crashing. You know what? If you ask Robbie, yeah, that, he'll tell you. Yeah, mm -hmm. actually, no. He told me. He says after I missed the first main or, something, or what was it when I crashed twice or something like that in the sand pit or in the sand at uh, A2 when I missed the first main of the year, my my first main. He says maybe you need to get some pussy. And I said that was the problem, and I think honestly. That was like the first time I had it had happened that year, or like that was the first time that I had a female to, that I got to hang out with a female before the night. It's no and good for you, the man. Next night, boom, no good. Exactly. So boom, I miss I missed that heat or missed the main. Second week, I did the same thing. Or uh, last week at Glendale, I did the same thing, and it was just not good. <laughs> it's not worth it, man. <laughs> so we, it's we not put worth it. Into it. That. Nope, exactly. I want a national number, and I want a team for next year, and I want to make mains. So um, the girls can wait until after Saturday night, and then All it's right. game on. All right. Well, th that's yeah. official. <laughs> Anyone uh, of, of the, the, the two females who listen to the Big MX Radio podcast, uh, Devin Harriman officially off the market. He doesn't want to hear from you until he has a national number. Um, and, and that's still within your grasp. Um, some some good finishes and uh, and some good points weekends before the end of the season will definitely uh, help out with that. Um You'd mentioned like you need some some kind of some time off and you're gonna go up up uh, back back home and uh, and do some local stuff. Um, but when it comes time to uh, to resume the series and uh, do those last four rounds, what are some goals that you've set for yourself to uh, finish out the season strong? Uh, I I mean. As a kid, like I said, every, everybody wants to go pro. Everybody wants to race Supercross. We all have these goals, right? And, and everybody, I think where a lot of people get so frustrated in, in life is they set such a, a high-end goal and they never get there because they they have one goal and that's to to make it, you know, to be a millionaire or whatever the, whatever the situation is. And most people, most people say, I want to be, become a professional motocross racer, right? And that's all they want to do is become a professional motocross racer and they don't have any other little goals. Right. So mine was at first was obviously to get a supercross license and then to race with supercross to make our night, to make a night show, to make a main, to get top 20, to get top 15. And, and now it is to get a top 10, you know, so that's my main goal. Um, obviously I'm struggling in these heat races to either one, get a good start or two, stay off the ground um again this weekend was not my fault and i believe that i would have made it straight through in the heat race uh if i didn't have somebody that wasn't really sure how to go through the whoops uh help me go down but uh yeah i just plan on to continuing to do my starts that i do every week every time i ride i do starts uh risk racing has gotten me a good gate that I can get my reaction time down better and I got a great built and everything like that. So I'm going to continue to kind of do the same thing that I have been doing, um, doing my sprints and doing my, my starts, um, just to try to make sure that I'm in the, in the last four mains, um, and put the, put my best foot forward to try to make that national number happen. Um, cause at the end of the day, that's my goal. Um, I know where I'm at in life. Like I said, I'm 27 years old. Uh, I'm not going to become the next, you know, Ricky Carmichael or Ryan Dungey or whatever the situation is, or James Stewart. Um, 
my biggest goal is to have a national number. And once I have a national number, then everything I've ever wanted to do on a dirt bike has happened, you know? So then it's, then it's more little goals, you know, like I said, top 10, then it'll be a top five or, or something like that. Um, or get consistently in the top 15 or top 10. So, um, little goals like that are, are going to be my, my things that I chase and I'm just going to continue to work with Robbie and continue to do the little things during the week. Um, I think my fitness in a main event, if I stay off the ground in the heat race and practices and LCQs, uh, is there, I'm not, I don't get too tired. Like I bet you, if we go back to a uh, lot times, um, my lap time for the first lap is the same as the last lap. Um, so I don't think my, my fitness is too far off, which is very surprising because I go four days a week and I ride once. <laughs> so some, some would say that's a problem. Uh, well, until it is a problem, I'll change it. You Fair know? Enough. So, but yeah, so I'll probably get back on a bike. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to race this weekend and then I'm just going to hang out, train kids, um, tear my jet ski apart, get that painted, get that ready for summer and uh kind of let the body heal so like i said i'm hurting right now yeah some much needed r&r man and uh yeah it's it's great to see you continue to uh progress throughout this season and uh i i think uh, the best days uh, of your season are still to come one one thing that sort of came to mind that i'm a little bit curious about devin is uh the the world supercross uh championship that has come out uh, they're going to have a, a different schedule than it does for actual Supercross, for Monster Energy Supercross. A lot of the dates will likely not cross over. Uh, might that be something that interests you um, if if the like the program seems pretty appetizing and you can actually make some money uh, to go race uh, a World Supercross series that would probably uh, see you traveling a whole lot more than you currently do? Um, but, but is that something you'd, you'd uh, consider chasing if the money's right? Uh, I mean, like I said, yeah, if, if the money's right, yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, like I said earlier, I don't do, I don't race supercross for the money, uh, especially for the first money. Cause I don't make any money to begin with. Um, but yeah, probably, you know, um, just because like I said, it lies like life's way too short. Um, here for a good time, not a long time. So I want to make sure I get to get the most out of life. Um, and if I can get paid to ride a dirt bike in a different country again, I'm all, I'm all up for it, you know? Um, so I think the world, I haven't really like heard too much about it or like read too deep into the, the world supercross thing. I think it'd be super cool to do. Um, but yeah, definitely if the money's worth it, then yeah, let's go. Well, they're going to be looking for uh, some talent, that's for sure. That series breaking out later this year. Uh, Devin Harriman on the Big MX Radio podcast. Before I let you go, I need to hear a little bit more about this gear company that you're representing as well. I believe it's called uh, Legacy. And and then uh, uh, give me a little bit more insight into this helmet that you have painted do you have multiple helmets that are painted who does the paint job and uh do you know the cup size of the breasts that are on the side of your helmet <laughs> oh god it's a valid question uh okay so <laughs> that is a valid question uh no i do not i don't know who sits there i don't okay. know anything about it i was gonna it. say like maybe um, like a, a, a 36g perhaps yeah those are those are big yeah. um they look fake 
I'm yeah, in, I'm those are it. bolt-ons. Um, yeah, huge bolt-ons. But I'm I'm all about it. Uh, if I could figure out who they are, that'd be awesome. And then I'd I'd have to ask to see them. Mm-hmm. That way I could just compare. You know, right, no exactly. You wouldn't know it otherwise. There's proof. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So just I, to see how good the paint job is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, Cor- Corsacci, which is uh, Cordell Coro. Of course. Uh, he is a fellow uh, racer. Num- yep. Yeah, he's a fellow racer. Exactly. Two seventy-seven. Hangs out. Uh, races uh, for Swap. Um, but yeah, no, he does all my helmets. Um, paints. Uh, Um, yeah, he does all my helmets. He's done, oh gosh, I don't know. Dude, I don't even know how him and I got connected. Uh, extremely thankful for it though. But no, he's done probably four or five of my helmets. Um, and they're all just badass. Uh, this one, and I don't have any idea on what they look like or nothing. I have one, one requirement and that's to not have a solid black helmet. Um, I have, we're super superstitious about that. Uh, hit, I hit my head every time I'm in a black helmet. So you'll never see me in a black helmet. If any team says, yo, you got to wear a black helmet. All right, to lose, take care. Uh, can't ride for you. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah, you know, so, um, but yeah, he he kills it. And I told him to go wild and put some tits on it. And dude, he did. And uh, everybody loves it. I was walking through the tunnel at A1 and I don't remember who it was. Oh, I think it was Cade Clayson. He goes, dude, your helmet is badass. He has pumps on it. You know, and every, everybody loves it. Uh, and then the direct uh, motocross guy from Canada. What's his name? Uh, Big Wave, Dave. Big Wave, yeah. Yeah, he took a photo of it uh, in the tunnel, I think. And he liked it as well. He threw it up. So everybody loves it. And I'm pumped on it, obviously. Uh, of course, Hachi killed it. Um, you need a helmet. The dude's super cheap. Like, I want to say like just a basic paint job is like 500 bucks. Yeah, you know? and he does, um, he does really nice work. Dude, he kills it, you know, and he just cranked out. Uh, I'm supposed to be on a fill-in team, a fill-in ride, um, actually from Glendale for the rest of the year. Uh, so he cranked out a helmet for me in like two days. Where are you filling in? I had Shoei send it. Oh. You can break uh, it. Nobody listens to the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Uh, as I sit here, I have the practice bike sitting in front of me right now. Um, okay. it, it's a red one. So ah, let's just leave it at that. AJE. I'll be on okay, it. Yeah. I'll be on it in Seattle. Um, hopefully. If everything goes good, I should be on it in Seattle. Um, but yeah, so I had Korsashi paint me a helmet and he killed it in two days. And like, he's done wild helmets. Like last year's helmet was just extremely wild, had so much design and detail on it to another crazy design he did this year um all of them are just badass and then this last one he just did for me was a super clean helmet um i don't know if you remember that that red and white helmet that uh christian craig had painted when he was on geico yes but since in that helmet that was like that candy apple red that was pro- by far my favorite helmet and i said i want something like this and dude he killed it in two days i'm like damn this is dope so wow. no he does a good job and then uh yeah and all my gear stuff is just me. I designed all that. You design your I don't own gear. Own company. Yeah, I designed my own gear. Um, that's pretty cool. Year, Not too many people can say they do yeah. that. Yeah. No, and that's like exactly. So like, and I didn't have. Again, like I said, I don't tell Cordell what to paint. 
he just I say go wild right like do you do whatever you want and I'll run it I don't care um just no no black helmet and throw a set of tits on it was the the, the thing this year so um that's what he did and, and I just designed the gear that I wanted uh knowing that I was going to be on the bikes that I that I had um I did all that and I tried to make everything different all my all, all sets of gear are a little bit different than uh everybody else's and yeah it's fun it's a lot of fun actually that's so, solid, it's a huge man. learning curve for me because obviously I've never designed gear, never designed anything like that. Um, I mean, I, I designed easy ups, right. But like an easy ups way different. That's a flat canvas versus gears got a lot to it. So, uh, yeah, that was a huge learning curve to see where some logos ended up versus where I had them placed. It's like, Oh, okay. Well that's about six inches off. But what do you do? <laughs> Uh, you know <laughs> keep it rolling so yeah it's it's always yeah. it's, it's so hard to know exactly where things are gonna uh to line up i'm sure there's a shit ton of trial and error with that but uh that's really cool glad, glad to hear that you'll be uh, on a on a gas gas uh in seattle and hey. beyond filling in for the team uh i assume that's the age uh gas gas team but uh that, if that's not the case then i'm just flat wrong uh or possibly hey. are you on is it aeo the no no who are you on no, just tell be, me then that'd be no you're right it's it's a aje aje um, they gas, gas. like yeah it. They, they hit they hit me up uh like i said right after let's see right before a2 i think it was um and they're just having some tr- troubles like we had talked about before with sponsor money not coming through uh so stuff like that but uh that's about the only reason i'm probably not on it right now um Again, nothing's set in stone. Uh, just been talked. I got a bike sitting here, um, ready to go. Just they got to figure out some things on their end in order for me to come on over. Um, so it's cool, you know. Like I said uh, before, there's obviously we all have goals in life, and uh, a lot of them are coming true. Hopefully, you know, whether it's a fill-in ride or a, fill- or a ride for next year. Either way, I'm just stoked to be acknowledged. I guess you could say. Um, even by you or Pulp, you know, Steve Mathis, of course, out like, like we talked about, you know, so it's just, this is a huge year for me. Um, I mean, did like person, like on my biggest achievement right now is just like making a one. Um, that's yeah. like a big class is stacked. One of my biggest achievements this year. Yeah. You know, it's a full field class is stacked. Um, I didn't have the best of luck. I think I went down and, I was just over it, and I think honestly, I was my goals were met by making the main. So I didn't care about how I finished. This is like obviously not the greatest thing to go about, but I backed it up three or two other times right right afterwards. So I made it happen. I went fifteen, sixteen, the next two rounds. So um, stuff like that, you know. So and then obviously a national number, and then to be on a team is all some some goals that I've had my whole life so to kind of be acknowledged this year is is huge for me and then I, I finally broke 10,000 followers on Instagram which is dope there you go and and if if, if people aren't <laughs> already following uh on social media where do they go to follow you uh on uh on Instagram Herman 216 h-a-r-r-i-m-a-n 216 216 like i said in your program likely to win one in your hearts after this interview um 
Devin, this has been fun. This has been a really cool insight into the world of a professional supercross racer at your level who's, uh, who's doing absolutely everything he can so he can go out there uh, and, and, and live his dream, uh, racing supercross and, uh, and and getting that acknowledgement by getting an offer from a team that you might end up being on. And, and that's awesome. Great to hear. Yeah. So if you guys want to continue to help out, your money that you spend on the things that I – uh, offer as in lessons or easy ups or flags table covers pretty much anything advertisement for your business hit me up go to legacycustomcanopies.com uh, see everything that we offer and anything that you buy helps me out to continue racing dirt bikes and um, if there's a, a lady listening that uh, has an only fans that you'd like that they hit me up it's 300 bucks i run your i run your your uh, only fans and your instagram so they can see it and I have no issue if you want to fly out, come to the race, come hang out. Okay. Promote yourself with and get more. The last, the last person that I had uh, had gained 47 new followers, made her money back and more on her OnlyFans. So oh. the OnlyFans is a huge hit. Don't be a dummy. Cost yeah. money to make money. There you go, man. Yeah, d- jump on board. Devin Harriman. Uh, Harriman216. Appreciate the time, my friend. Do not hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. And there you have it, my interview with Devin Harriman. Fantastic guy. Great conversation. Really enjoys talking to a guy who is in the trenches of the privateer pits. Uh, Someone who's been doing it for a a number of years. uh, Continuing to... Uh, put his best foot forward and just uh, and, and race because he loves it. He mentioned a couple of times in there. He doesn't do it for the money. He does it for the experience and getting to race uh, under the lights of Monster Energy Supercross. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, it's a really great insight into uh, the world of privateers uh, in the sport of Supercross. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, as always, if you uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a like-minded friend. Support the sponsors that that. Uh, support the show phoenix handlebars reverend motors um throttle time pieces throttle syndicate um 204 skate shop um we are um fox racing canada fox racing canada is a huge part of what we do and uh and we're also giving away a set of gear uh within our giveaway uh go to the raffle bigmxradio.com uh the top pinned Post there is our raffle, uh, $20 for one ticket, $50 for three tickets, or if you want to get uh, 10 chances to win uh, 10 different prizes, you can get 10 tickets for $120. Bucks. Uh, go to the website, um, and obviously the top prize is the uh, YZ252 stroke. So uh, best of luck to all those who uh, to enter, uh, and, and thanks to all who took the time to listen to this podcast. I appreciate it. We'll see you next time.